Hey besties, welcome back to another episode of Sunshine and Rainbows podcast, a space where we chat about moments when life isn't. I'm your host, Amanda, and I am so passionate about peeling back that veil our society has constructed around perfectionism online. When starting my own personal platform on Instagram, I realized that I was getting caught in the inauthentic hustle, and it was severely affecting my mental health, mostly because I was comparing my behind the scenes to someone else's highlight reel. Throughout my life, I've come to own that my setbacks were actually just set ups for something better. I found a way to step into my true potential, and the goal is to amplify other voices who have done the same so that someone out there feels seen and that much less alone. I cannot wait to get into this important conversation with our next guest. So let's get started. Okay, so the next person on the podcast is someone that I am super excited to get to introduce you to. She is someone that I have admired for so long because she taught me the power of a pivot before I even knew that I needed to accomplish one. I am so happy to introduce you to Sarah. Sarah Berry is an animal trainer, professor at Southern New Hampshire University, and an Amazon best-selling author. She loves long walks on the beach, bread, and guide dog puppies. Today, Sarah and I will be discussing her life and all the twists and turns that got her to where she is now, in addition to talking about her latest book that's coming out December 25th. I'm so excited for you, Sarah, and I cannot wait to see all of your successes continue. On a production note, I am going to preemptively apologize for the quality of my mic. I switched up my recording software and... Something happened, my gain was off, the volume, I don't know. I apologize, but bear with me. This is a learning process. Okay, that's enough about that. Here's my conversation with Sarah. Again, I apologize. I'm so sorry. Please keep listening. I'm sorry. Well, hello, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Sunshine and Rainbows podcast. I'm your host, Amanda, and I'm so excited to be chatting with our next guest, Sarah. She is actually someone that I know in real life. We worked together very briefly as little baby lifeguards and then both got into the animal field and now the author realm. So I'm so excited to get to talk to her. Sarah, thank you so much for being here today. Oh my gosh, Amanda, no, thank you so much. I'm so happy that I get to chat with you. Like we were saying, it's been like seven years, so it's great to jump on in. It is wild thinking back because just in my own life, there have been probably seven different versions of Amanda in that time. And even in, you and I were just talking before we hit record about, you know, life throws curveballs and imperfections your way and you just got to take it in stride and use it as your superpower. So I think that's pretty funny. Yeah, I think it's, I think we have a very similar mindset when it comes to having imperfections and realizing that your imperfections are also what can kind of guide you in the right direction when you have to, as you say, pivot in a new mm. direction. <laughs> mm-hmm. So speaking of all of that, I would love to give you the floor to just introduce yourself to everyone listening who don't know you in real life. <laughs> um, well, my name is Amanda Sotisera. Um, I work with Amanda as a lifeguard at Discovery Cove, but then we are both animal trainers at Discovery Mm -hmm. Cove as well. Um, I spent my time doing uh, the internship there, then I was a trainer there, um, 
great job, but ended up pivoting. Um, and I became a professor of natural science from Southern New Hampshire University after leaving, as well as published my first book. And I'm on my second book now, which I'm super excited about. Yes. Wild. And you just acted like that was nothing. You're like, oh, and then I became a professor. And oh, then I just wrote this book and I'm on my second book. But holy moly, Sarah, I, I know in my life, those were huge pivots to make. Was it easy for you or did that come with a lot of no. hard decisions? It was really hard. I actually left Discovery Cove to go work at a zoo in Arizona, um, and I had planned on staying in the field, but I was diagnosed with lupus when I was 16 years old, mm. and eventually the disease did catch up to me, so I ended up leaving the field, um, which, you know, is hard for everybody because <laughs> we kind of use animal training as a part of our personalities, I think, which you've talked about before, and it yep. can be really hard to break away from. So the first, I'd say two years is pretty hard. I leaned heavily on my family, did not know what I was going to do with my life. Um, I thought maybe marketing. I thought so many different things. And then COVID hit. Um, mm. And just as with everybody else, um, I ended up losing my job um, <laughs> and didn't yep. really know what to do. So I was writing a book at the time. And I was like, why don't I just finish it? Like, I've been working on it for years. I might as well just finish it. Um, so I did, and I published it. And it uh, was actually on the on the uh, Amazon bestseller list for New Romance for, like, three weeks in a row, which is crazy. Yes, queen. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was so crazy. Um, and then I was like, oh, you know what? Like, maybe I can do this. And at the same time... Um, I was lucky enough to have gotten into contact with Southern New Hampshire University, um, and they were looking for advisors to advise business students, which is what my master's degree is in. So I decided, yeah, why not? Something until, you know, I figure out what I want to do. And then I found out that I really like doing it. <laughs> That's which so was, cool. Yeah, which was, you know, great. I um, spend most of my days just talking with my students, guiding them through their life and their own journeys because everybody reaches that point in their life where they're like, I don't know what I'm going to do. So I kind of get to be that person there for them who's like, well, here are some ideas and, you know, I'm your shoulder to lean on if you ever need to talk. Um, so that's been a blessing in disguise. I love working for them. And while I was doing it, they were like, hey, we need professors. Wow. <laughs> so that's kind of like short and long story altogether, but I'm um, just so grateful for how everything turned out because I definitely, it was hard the first two years not knowing what I was going to do after I left animal training. Mm -hmm. Oh, I resonate with that so much. And I love how every step of the way you found the positives and also realized strengths maybe that you didn't know you had in the process <laughs> as well too. That's so neat. Now, you did talk about your lupus diagnosis. For anyone who doesn't know exactly what that autoimmune disease entails. Do you mind sharing about it a little bit more? Definitely. I don't mind at all. So lupus is where your autoimmune system does not recognize your own organs as your own. So for example, my um, my lovely white blood cells, which are supposed to protect me and take mm -hmm. care of me and all my immunity, they think that my organs aren't supposed to be there. So they often attack them. Mm. Um, and for me, that results in um, a lot of fatigue, a lot of pain, a lot of, uh, a lot of hospital visits, unfortunately, but, um, 
you know, I'm very blessed because it's not as bad as it could be um, because the disease can take a toll. Typically when you're diagnosed that young, you're not expected to live to 30. So oh my um, goodness. I'm just, I'm happy that I'm here. Mm-hmm. I'm healthy as much as I can be. Um, and you know what? I got to do everything that I ever wanted to do. So no complaints here. <laughs> mm, that's amazing. And for anyone who's not watching right now on YouTube, she has the biggest smile across her face. And even in your voice, it translates. And I think that's just so incredible. And it just is a testament to you and your mentality to keep moving and keep going with the things that you're passionate about. Well, just like, yeah, I feel like you can understand greatly too, because you've definitely been on a mental health journey. Like you have your up and down days and you just really take advantage of the good days and reassess the bad days and see how you can kind of work the bad days in your favor. Mm -hmm. No, I really, I resonate with that a lot, especially recently. Now, you talked about how you had written your first book. You're working on the second. Will you go into more detail yeah. about your first book? Again, congratulations on the success Thank with that you. one. So the first book came about because I um, I have a fascination with the music industry and how it treats its uh, female celebrities, mm-hmm. Ariana Grande, Taylor Swift, Nicki Minaj, all of those people. It's a very niche specific like interest that I had and I really wanted to explore it. So I just started writing um, that portion of it. But the other portion of the book was focusing on um, the mental health of veterans because my brother was actually a veteran. Mm-hmm. He worked at Guantanamo Bay for several years and um, I got to see what that did to his mental state and how that changed him when he came home. Mm. Um, so I had those two different books in my head and just like typed out. And I eventually was like, you know what? Like the things that these both, both of the characters are experiencing are very similar, just in different settings. And I was like, what if they like just fell in love and met each other? So Whoa. together <laughs> and it became Fearlessly Yours Red, um, which is about a singer who ends up going through a very terrible attack at a concert, just like Ariana Grande did mm. um, way back when. Mm-hmm. Gets a bodyguard, and that bodyguard has PTSD. Really helps her kind of work through the mental health issues that she that has, she has following that interaction. Mm. Um, and it was a great first book. I like it was just me having fun writing and like seeing what I could do, and I didn't expect anything of it. So for it to do as well as it did, I I mean I have to say thank you to the people who. I sent the book to a thousand times being like, is this good? Do you like this? And then being like, yeah, this is great. You should keep writing. So I really appreciate them um, because it never would have happened if they hadn't have encouraged me. So shout out to all of my friends like Victoria and Marlena because they were great. Mm. Really helped me with that. That's amazing. I also love the clear nod to Taylor Swift because you are a big fan of Queen Taylor Swift. Yes, I, I just, she's so cool. Mm -hmm. And she's unapologetic. Mm -hmm. And she, she helps people in the industry so much. And I think that that is just, I think that that's something that I really respect in an artist, because they're in such a big platform, and they can use it for good, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, So I just, I could talk about her all day, but that's a different podcast. (laughs) (laughs) She is incredible. Honestly, she's one of those 
like badass women that everyone should aspire to be, whether you like her music or not, just her as a yeah. person and the way she handles being thrust in the spotlight at all times is just really incredible. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know how she does it. I, I don't know, miracles. Who knows? Mm. <laughs> mm. So with your second book coming up, it is completely different than this first book, right? It is. So for the second book, um, it's called Waterlogged. Mm-hmm. It comes out on December 25th, Christmas. Um, that came from my experiences and not just my experiences, but so many experiences of people in the zoo industry. Mm. Um, I have a lot of feelings about the zoo industry as a whole because I we did spend so much time there. We spent our whole lives in it, you know? Yeah. Um, and everyone is always asking me, what was it like being a dolphin trainer? Like, <laughs> what would like, you know, and you just don't know how to sit there and explain to them that it is simultaneously the best job in the world and the most stressful job in the world. Yep. Because um, people don't, tick, they, they're not there every day. They don't understand everything that you possibly could go through in 24 hours, just working mm-hmm. one shift, you know? Mm-hmm. So Waterlock came about because I, I was like, you know what, I'm just going to sit down and like write out everything in my head and like see if I can come up with an idea for it. So I wrote everything down. I I was like, eh, I don't know if I'll publish this because, you know, some of it's pretty personal because some of the stuff is what happened to me yeah. um, personally. But in the end of the day, I was like, you know what? This is my story and it's not necessarily going to resonate with everybody because, you know, not everybody has the same experiences, but I still mm-hmm. think it's important to put everything out there so people will be able to read and understand what what a day in the life of a trainer really is because it's not all rainbows and sunshines, unfortunately. Nope. Nope. <laughs> um, sometimes it's really hard. So the character, Tori, she's named after my best friend. Subtle mm-hmm. um, nod to that. She is a trainer for Aquatic Kingdom, um, which is basically a huge, you know, top of the line company that you could possibly imagine for an aquarium. Um, And she goes through some of the stuff that I think the industry is finally starting to talk about, um, Mm. you know, getting promotions, um, how competitive it is. Um, When you have health issues, is that going to affect you in the future with your promotions? which is something that I personally was dealing with at the time. So it's, it's a book that is very near and dear to my heart. <laughs> and I am very proud of it. It took me a year to write, but mm. I think that it has a great message. Um, the animals in it, I, it's not necessarily a romance between two humans. It's more focusing on a relationship between the trainers and the dolphins in the book because I think that those are super special relationships mm-hmm. that I have the privilege to know how to explore. So yes. Super excited for that. Oh one. my goodness, Sarah. It sounds incredible. You sent me an early manuscript and I'm so excited to Good. sit down next week when everything slows down and just read it. I'm so excited. It, it's really oh. yeah. <laughs> it sounds incredible. That, yeah, I think that um you know, you'll be really able be able to appreciate some of the jokes in there. Um, it's a book that if you're not an animal trainer, you can still follow along. Mm-hmm. But if you're an animal trainer, there's certain instances in there, like 
you literally go through everything that, with, with Tori that you could possibly think of that could happen while you're training dolphins. Um, and it, it really gives an insider perspective to everything that those trainers put into and what they deserve and what they always don't get. Mm -hmm. Um, so it really focuses on the training aspect in itself and the relationships between the trainers and the dolphins and the interrelationships that fit into that kind of, it's almost like a love square, Yeah. but no love, just, just, just friendship and joy and, and respect. You know, I'm hard sure. Times. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm super excited. <laughs> Man. So with writing that book, obviously, as you said, you're drawing from personal experiences, experiences from others shared trauma basically a yeah, lot of it basically how were you able to protect your mental health by going back and digging up some of these things that maybe you were like yeah that didn't happen yeah I don't want to think about that <laughs> it was hard so the first thing that I did is I I have always been a writer so I actually have been keeping a diary when I was mm. an animal trainer for the years that I did it. Um, I have one too. It's my, my depression journal. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I love it. Like written down every time I got yelled at or every time I got these awful notes and then there's yeah. notes beside it like in all caps like, I need to be better. I need to bridge better. I know. <laughs> and, you, and you're so hard on yourself because you're like, how do I be better? Mm -hmm. And I think... For me, the way that I did that is because I separated fact and fiction and I mm. took things that had happened to me, but I made it fictional. Mm. So even though some of it is related to something that happened to me, it's not exactly the same. It's not the exact same situation um, or the situation was given to another character. Mm -hmm. um, putting that basis of fictionality on it really helped me dive back into some of the stuff that I had blocked out. And I think it was really good for me, too, because you kind of go through that period of time where you're like, oh, my God, like, I really miss it. Like, I should just go back. And then you start digging up all the things that happened. And you're like, I was not the person that I am now. Mm -hmm. And going back would be a step backward for me um, instead of the step forward that I have been taking, um, which is great because I think taking a step backward at this point is not what any of us need to do. We just need to move forward. Mm -hmm. um, and, and be a wave of change so that way it doesn't happen to anybody else who's in the industry. Yes, I think that's so important. And like you said earlier, these conversations are starting to be had a little bit more by current trainers and new trainers coming in, having this charge for protecting their mental health and setting up work-life boundaries and things like that, which are so vital to staying in this field a long time. Yeah. and. You know, that's one of the things that my mentors who are amazing, um, that's one of the things they always told me is to make sure you have a good work-life balance. But unfortunately, even for them, it's hard to maintain that balance because it's just not expected of you. Mm -hmm. um, you're expected to just pour your whole entire life and soul into your job. And that's just not realistic. You can love your job so much, but there's only so much that you can give to a job before it kind of breaks you down piece by piece. Yes. And even to translate that to, like you said, the women in entertainment that you were so fascinated with, you, t you think about these celebrities and in a way working in the animal field, you're seen almost as a celebrity because it's celebrity. so coveted and sought after and so competitive. 
I mean, only a certain small percentage of people that even interview, well, first of all, get an interview and yeah, Yeah. then get the job. And so if you look at it of these other celebrities, how they're getting burnt out, stopping tours, canceling things because they're trying to give everything to their fans and their community and they're not taking care of themselves. And so I think it's cool that you're fascinated with both and you've lived one side of it and you explored the other side and that's so cool. Yeah, it's, um, I like how you compare it because it is almost comparison, especially if you're working with orcas because I feel like the fanfare around that is a lot different than dolphin trainers because it is even, even more so coveted than dolphin training, which is hard to fathom, but true. Which is funny um, because and, and, they're dolphins too, you know. I think <laughs> you know. I think back in like quote unquote the olden days when the water work and this huge show and yeah. spectacle, but I don't see the point of that anymore. There's not much because of a no, there there really yeah. isn't at all. If anything, it was a harder job working at Discovery Cove and being so guest oh, forward facing and doing interactions constantly. But that's another conversation. And that's, <laughs> yeah, that's that's definitely explored and waterlogged. Yeah. Constantly going and you never stop, which is very different from the show setting. The mm-hmm. interaction setting is very go, 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 which is also, you know, like I just think of the people who are there now post COVID mm. who are working 80 plus hours a week, you know, maybe not that much anymore, but at one point in time. And it's just how <laughs> without mm-hmm. protecting yourself. Mm-hmm. So, with all of that being said, your book is coming out within the next like two weeks, which is so exciting. I know. What is the message that you're hoping to get across with this story, regardless if your readers are in the field or not in the field? Definitely take care of yourself first. You come as a priority. Um, the character Tori, she goes through a couple of health things, which is very personal to mm-hmm. me, and I had to learn to take care of myself. So I really wanted to show kind of a comparison of you can take care of these animals and they can go through similar things as you as a trainer, and you two can have that connection. But at the end of the day, you also need to think about yourself and your well-being and um, you know how you're going to make yourself feel successful because you can get handed all the all of the promotions in the world and that might not even be what you want you just don't understand that something else is there for you you just haven't met it yet you know Mm. so powerful so incredibly powerful something that i think i know i for sure could have heard as a young trainer or someone getting into the field even yeah i definitely hope that um some wannabe trainers will hopefully read it um and hopefully spread the message that it's okay to take care of yourself and you should not feel guilty for taking a sick day. You shouldn't feel guilty for going on vacation with your family. Um, just stuff like that, you know? Mm-hmm. It sounds so counterintuitive that in order to help take care of others, you have to first take care of yourself. But especially in the animal training field and even first responder field, anything like that, that we're experiencing extreme levels of compassion fatigue of helping others and not helping yourself so much it really is vital to take that time to take care of yourself or else you won't be around to help other people 
Right, exactly. And I think that was really hard for me to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I felt like I was a bad trainer if I didn't take care of myself. Um, and now that I work with guide dogs for the blind, yes, I've really just, I've come, I feel like I'm a way better trainer now than when I was a trainer trainer with the title and everything. I, I feel like I have grown a lot just through the years and learning lots of things. So I hope that that will help people in the long run when they read the book. Mm. Now, speaking of that other career venture, I have a friend very similar to you where she just left the marine mammal field and is now working training guide dogs and service dogs. And she literally just said the same thing that you did. She's like, I feel more established and almost more proud of the things that I'm doing here than when I had that like capital T trainer job. Yeah, it's crazy. And I think part of it has to do with... um just feeling like what I'm training is actually coming to fruition and I'm being rewarded for it. And my team is so rewarding about it. And they're like, Sarah, you did such a great job. And even if there are tiny, tiny mistakes in a plan or anything like that, it's just like, oh, well, you know, you can try again next week and I bet you he'll do better. And he does, you know, it's, it's great. Wow. (laughs) Not life or death. on my back and having you know people who have trained over 50 guide dogs being like mm. oh you're doing great so is Bubba like it's it's such a different experience and that's why I think that for me I don't know about your friend but I feel much more accomplished and I feel more like a trainer than I did when I had the title and the whistle and you know the mm-hmm. shebang <laughs> it's almost like those things are more status than like than actually anything. practical because I know so many other jobs that use the training whistle but for some reason in the animal training field it's so like coveted yeah Yeah. Uh, oh my gosh yeah it's so funny (laughs) I'm in the process of writing my second book of my children's book series and so excited it's about that moment of getting your whistle and it's just so funny you know all the things that you go through to get this one thing that's so integral to do what you need to do yeah (laughs) But, you know, as baby trainers, we, we, we like, that was the thing. We were like, if we get that, that means we've made it. We're trainers, you know. Um, so I think that's just another lesson that you just, it's important to learn, which is something that you'll learn in your little children's book, which is great. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, and I think it's just a testament that I just saw a TikTok the other day that like attaching what you're manifesting to feelings is not good yeah. because once you accomplish it, you might not always feel the way that you think you're going to feel. And like the grass is greener mentality. And right. Ooh, that's a tough one. Isn't that a hard one? Yeah. I feel like you could talk about that for decades. Mm-hmm. I mean, the way that human behavior works in general and how we're all so different and we all think so different and we all process things so differently. Um, fascinating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And it's our superpower to just bring it all back around. It's true. The way that we experience things and think things makes us so unique as individuals and as people. And if we can harness that and use it to reach our full potential, then that's when we're reaching others. And it's just so incredible to see you so clearly thriving and just so passionate about what you're doing now. And again, knowing you over almost a decade now 
And and seeing that version of Sarah Berry back then, because you can't, it was weird calling you Sarah because I just know you as Sarah Berry, like one word, <laughs> Sarah Berry. But seeing Sarah Berry then versus now, like, ooh, girl, goosebumps, full body chills, transformation in well, the best way. I know, but you know, I think that's one of one of the best parts of coming from the field that we did come is we did get to meet amazing people and get to have friendships like ours where it extends beyond that just because you know we're all so similar at heart all we want is what's best for the animals mm-hmm. so we get to carry our friendships past even when we leave which is amazing mm-hmm. mm, I love it oh I'm so excited for you now I would love to give you an opportunity just to share where we can find the book remind us when it's coming out where we can keep up to date with all of your adventures, all of that. So you guys can actually find the book on Amazon um, on December 25th. Uh, So in like two weeks. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, It's called Waterlogged um, by Sarah Berry. Um, You'll be able to purchase it either on Kindle or for paperback. And you can also request it at your local Barnes & Noble or your local library if that's something that you're interested in. Um, Again, it's Waterlogged. And then to follow for more information or just want to check me out or send me a DM and want to chat, that's cool too. You can find me on Instagram um, at, oh gosh, (laughs) author Mary Berry. (laughs) I did it. I told you I was going to do it. Your old handle Uh, used to be very Mary, 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 like. My old handle before I was an author was Very Mary Berry, which was what I was called at Discovery Co. That's it. That's it. I love it. Um, and as a reminder, author, I will link all of that down in the episode notes. I will tag Sarah on Instagram. So if you guys are listening or following along there, you can find her account there as well. And oh, I'm so excited for you. I can't wait. Like I said, this next week slows down for me. So I'm going to get your book and a cup of coffee and like my favorite slippers and like snuggle in and read it. I'm so excited. I can't wait to hear what you think about it. Well, Sarah, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate just hearing more of your story and you had some pretty incredible messages to share. Before I let you go though, I did just want to ask you if you have any advice to anyone listening that maybe was in some of these situations that you explained, whether they're thinking about a career switch or maybe going through some type of mental illness or disorder or autoimmune disease like you have gone through. Um, Yeah, I'll give you the floor. Definitely. So um, lupus has been such a big part of my life since I was so young. I just want to say that if anybody's listening and you're going through an autoimmune issue um, and you're struggling because you can't figure out what's wrong and you're just tired and you feel like, you know, you're going to have to change your whole life around because your current life doesn't fit the disease that you were labeled with, understand that the disease is a label, but Mm. you can still find a way to do what you want to do without sacrificing what you love, for sure. You just need to trust that your friends and your family will support you and trust in yourself. Mm. And with that, (laughs) thank you so much, Sarah. Incredible talking to you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I so, uh, you know, I love you, but. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the feeling's mutual.
Thank you for listening to yet another amazing conversation started here on Sunshine and Rainbows podcast. Each week, I am quite literally blown away by the voices and stories shared here. The goal is to amplify others' experiences in hopes that someone listening out there feels that much less alone. Thank you again to our incredible guests for getting so vulnerable with us about their own personal stories and for helping each of us remember to look at a situation with a new perspective. If you love this episode or any previous one, I hope you'll take a second to share it to a bestie or even tell us on social media. It really does make a difference in helping us get these conversations out there to the world. If you'd like to share your own story with our audience about how you've overcome something in your life or maybe want to start an important conversation that needs to be heard, please send us an email at hello at thatmandagirl.com. Stay colorful and we'll see you next week, besties.